0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.
1: Hey, Nathan, I've got a question for you. Yes. Uh, Why do people hate EVs?
2: Oh, there's so many reasons out there, and some of them are... I
1: think reasonable, and some of them are completely ridiculous. Yeah. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about why people hate EVs and uh, what that means in terms of the marketplace, what that means in terms of uh, pricing, and what that means, kind of in terms of the future of EVs. Not just um, you know in America, but we can also talk about the rest of the world because we know a little bit about that.
2: That's right. Now, for those of you who are listening, I'm holding here a list that we put together actually that our man cole put together that uh, quotes articles from jalopnik motorbiscuit us news and we put that together with some research in order to create this uh, little podcast for you
1: now the reason we have the cyber truck behind us for those of you who are watching and for those of who are listening is because uh the latest news is that actually they Finally built the first production Cybertruck.
2: Yes, yes. Um, It's an interesting uh, moment for Tesla because they're only three and a half years behind in terms of their predicted year that the vehicle is supposed to come out. And I know there were a lot of problems with it. um, Just making it... Legal and putting mirrors on it putting a wiper on it all these things, you know, it takes time. So I'm thrilled that they did it I'm curious. I don't, I don't
1: believe it. You don't believe it's happened. No, I, I don't believe it. I mean, I'm I, I, <laughs> I, I believe gonna... that they built the first one But I won't believe it until you can actually go and buy one until actually, you know, there's one at the Tesla Store here in Denver and in San Francisco and in Chicago or wherever you happen to live That's when I will believe it at this point I've kind of lost faith uh, in a lot of the promises that uh, I shouldn't say Tesla. I should say Musk makes right because the two have become intertwined. Yeah. Because obviously they are intertwined. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think I think you've got a situation with Tesla where you have a lot of people who work there who uh, n- don't necessarily, you know, have control <laughs> over what Musk does, and so he's kind of a loose cannon, and so they're kind of they're kind of they're kind of. They're kind of uh, painted with the same paintbrush as him, and that's not fair.
2: I actually heard from somebody who used to work there, and he wasn't a disgruntled employee either. He was just somebody who just did some design stuff, and he's moved on. But his uh, opinion of uh, Mr. Musk was that he would come by for in a design meeting, stick his head in, and it was as if somebody threw a grenade in the room and walked away because he would make an announcement, the grenade would go off, and then everybody had to scramble in order to figure out what to do next in order to match what he had proposed because he's the boss you want to get to that level
1: so so let's do this let's separate tesla from all the other evs because tesla is kind of a pioneer uh, I will give them absolutely their pioneer and in and terms and of and you know, And you've got to give them credit. They have moved the entire industry uh, mm-hmm. from internal combustion, maybe, because we'll talk about that as well, to electrification. But let, let's talk about kind of Tesla and what's going on with them. So as you remember, me and you uh, drove our first Tesla, gosh, is said now... Eleven years ago, twelve years ago. Well, when we drove the, the convertible, yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's the like almost
2: fourteen years ago, Roman, or thirteen years ago.
1: Yeah, so we we were one of the early people to actually drive a Tesla, and that was when uh, they were selling the Roadster uh, for like it started out like a hundred thousand, and it quickly went up to one hundred and fifty thousand.
2: Yeah, essentially, it was like a Lotus Elise that had been modified with an electric powertrain.
1: And they opened up uh, a store here in Boulder uh, because Elon's brother Kimball, had a restaurant here. Or a chain of restaurants.
2: Yeah, he still has one in
1: Denver. And uh, um, the state of Colorado decided to give Mr. Musk and Tesla a forty-two thousand uh, dollar tax credit if uh, somebody bought a car. This is a state tax credit before the end of the year. And I want to say the store opened up like in October. Remember, it was just it was just starting to get snowy as we drove it to yeah, Texas yeah. Park. <laughs> and then if you bought the car before um, the end of the year, you got a forty-two thousand dollar tax credit from Colorado, which is mind blowing. And that was an incentive to open up the store, plus the 7000 So basically, you got $50,000 off a $150,000 vehicle. Right. If you qualify. If you qualify. But I had a friend who did, mm-hmm. and then couldn't sell it. Yeah. <laughs> he bought the car, and then he sat on it for a year. And then in the end, I remember, he sold it for hundred dollars So basically negating the, the the tax credit benefits. Right, right.
2: And there were a couple different versions of that car, too. They, they had a, a two-speed transmission at one point, then a one-speed. And uh, they had to, to, to monkey yep, around with that. the powertrain and figure out a few things. But really what that was, was that was beta testing for the company. And, um, you know, Well, we'll say
1: they're still beta testing.
2: Well, to a certain <laughs> degree. But, I mean, considering the amount of vehicles they've produced between then and now, it's, things have significantly changed. So, yes, their early adopters, they definitely started, especially the Model S is really the one I think that really broke the doors down, honestly. Everybody before then thought Tesla was a joke. In fact, uh, Top Gear did a video on them with the Roadster, and it was, it was kind of a joke. It wasn't that great. But the Model S was a completely different ballgame, and we drove some early models, and yeah, they blew us away too. But the point is, is that I think that was the model that really put them on the map and showed that they can reliably build a vehicle for the masses.
1: And, you know, when uh, they opened up the store, I had a chance to interview Mr. Musk, and I was like the last guy to get him because I was, you know, doing a video interview, but we were just a tiny uh, media outlet at that point. yeah. Uh, and so he got uh, to go and talk to the news before we got to talk to him. And I think by the time I got to him, it was like 11 and this was kind of a party, and I think he'd been drinking, because I always ask his first question, right? I ask like, hey, what uh, is your name and title for the record? And I do that not because I don't know who he is, but because if somebody else is editing it, we want to get that. Right, right. And and he said something like, my name is uh, Elon Musk and I'm king of the world. And then the interview kind of went downhill from there. But the cool part about that was that his concept was pretty straightforward, right? He felt that um, what we needed was an environmentally sound car, mm. and the way that he was going to make that happen was, and this is obviously important because it has not happened this way, but at that time, the way he was going to have that happen is he was going to basically sell you an electric car then have you charge it off of solar panels on the house. Yeah, Because the problem with... Charging electric cars is that 75% of our power comes from Mm non-renewables. So you're not exactly helping the environment if that's your goal. If you're powering it from a coal-powered power plant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then his idea, of course, was you drive it home, you use the battery to power your house, you use the house to power your battery, and it's this beautiful circle of life that is carbon-free.
2: Right. And he actually has produced, or his company's produced, uh, solar panels,
1: um, and solar systems. And I was I was with him. I was with him until the moment he bought like several billion dollars worth of crypto because there's nothing worse for the environment than crypto because I'm going to simplify this, but you know this, Nathan. Yeah. It's basically two computers guessing at numbers uh, except that you don't have two. You have hundreds of thousands of computers. And to power all those computers, they're actually bringing back coal-powered fire, fire coal-powered power plants to power the the crypto computers and crypto uses about as much energy as the entire nation of like Finland or Sweden. And so yeah. if if you're really it's kind of not just speaking out of both sides of your mouth, but if you're really serious about helping the environment, why would you invest in that? Because you're serious about making money.
2: <laughs> right, right. It's, it, it's, it really is about money at the end of the day. And, and I'm not,
1: you know. And that's when, like, the jaded journalist came back. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this guy's full of it. He doesn't give a rat's ass about the environment. He just cares about making money.
2: I've interviewed him twice. Yes. Um, when I was back during my Carvana days. Yep. Through Automobile, I actually got a chance to talk to him. And unfortunately, he was telling me about his workout regime and also the fact when he found out that I was from Colorado, oh, my brother has a restaurant. And That was pretty much the entire conversation. My editor was not happy. But anyway, we have this article here. And before we get to it, Roman, I want to, you you were bringing up some stuff. Um, but th- this is why we think and others think that people hate
1: EVs. Well, let me put some numbers to it, Nathan, yeah. uh, before, we, before we get there. So right now... Um, there's a 92-day supply of EVs uh, on dealer lots. You know, we've gone from this moment where there were not enough cars Great. to a moment where now it's back to the old days when there are a lot of cars. Yeah. But the interesting number there isn't 92-day supp- supply. It's that uh, compared to ICE vehicles, um, that's almost... Uh, 40 days more. So there's a 54 day supply of, when I say ICE, internal combustion engine cars in general mm-hmm. on lots, whereas there's a 92 day supply of EVs. And now we're not talking about Teslas, we're talking about, you know, ID 4s, we're talking about Mach-E's, we're talking about, you know, the other electric cars mm-hmm. by the other manufacturers. Uh, and so that is a phenomenal sea change in terms of um, in terms of just why there's twice as many Uh, cars basically on the lot that are electrically powered as gas powered.
2: In addition, uh, EVs currently account for 6.5% of the auto market in the United States. Now, that may not sound like much, but just a couple years ago, it was less than 2%. And it's done a major hop. Uh, U.S. fully electric cachet is up 350% this year. So they're moving in a direction to make more supply for People out there, but at the same time, not that many. Not that many people are trying are adopting, and that's part of the hatred, I think, personally, that people just do not want to do it and are perhaps not interested. Well, we'll talk about it, and then the other half might have to do with pricing because they're still ridiculously. Well, we'll we'll,
1: we'll talk about all that because we've got a whole bunch of reasons why people aren't interested. But let me Mm -hmm. let's finish with the numbers, right? This is from a Jalopnik article. Right, Um, hybrids are most in demand, Nathan, uh, with only a forty-four day supply with the RAF Four and Prius. Both under 30 days. That makes total sense. Um, And the longest uh, uh, car with the highest supply on market, um, and that is the Genesis G80. So if you guys are looking for a Genesis G80, this may be a great time to get one because I suspect dealers are going to be doing some dealing on them. 350 days. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. over, that's almost a year. Yeah. Basically what that's saying is when a Genesis dealer gets a G80, it's going to sit there almost a year before it gets sold.
2: Yeah, and at $82,000, it's not eligible for the tax credit. However, I suspect that you will probably be able to haggle a little bit on these <laughs> with with it sitting on a lot for a year. You should be able to, to haggle a little bit. All
1: right, so let me kind of go through a, a bunch of reasons that these different articles from MotorBiscuit from USA U.S. News have said that people uh, hate EVs. Uh, People are worried about charging and the price of EVs, and that's true Mm -hmm. uh, because EVs are more expensive. Uh, People think they have weak performance, uh, that's from the Motor Biscuit article. I'm not sure about that, at least not in 0-60 to 60 times, but certainly in terms of range. Prone to fires, uh, driving range, like I said, is too low. Uh, still glorified golf carts, Nathan, mm. uh, not performance m- machines. Of course, politics and mandates, people hate having yeah. um, EVs shoved down their throat. Uh, they don't fully trust new tech. Um, they're also worried about batteries. They say they're expensive and they wear out. Uh, even though it's really not true. On Teslas, the number is only about 8% degradation after the first 150,000 miles. Uh, More reasons people hate EVs. Road tripping adds several hours. Range anxiety and forces you to stay on the main highways. Public charging other than Tesla can be a pain in the butt if you don't charge at home. Uh, Major temperatures uh, changes affect range, especially here in Colorado. Finally, uh, can't carry any extra... um, energy efficiency in other words you like if you're off-roading you can't like carry any. an extra battery that you can just shove right, in yeah. there and keep on going uh, well, well that's actually, a lot of reasons
2: dude. theoretically you could but we'll get to that in a little bit um there are a lot of reasons for that and actually most of those are viable reasons um very interesting thing um that we skipped over which is ev prices are supposed to reach parity with ice vehicles by 2025 and this is this is the part that for me is a sticking point because right now and i've been asked by many people why can't i find an affordable ev and when i immediately point to well the nissan leaf is relatively oh wait a minute you know or the chevy bolt which has been discontinued there aren't that many uh... electric vehicles available for under forty four thousand in fact even under fifty thousand dollars there aren't that many they get piled together, and they're sort of like luxury toys still for some people. And I think one of the reasons why there's issues is the fact that a reliable, inexpensive EV that has over a 200 miles, let's say 250 mile range, doesn't really exist. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, the only one that comes close to that I think is the Bolt, uh, and Chevy for some has discontinued it. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, what what we're what we're seeing here. Uh, is a basic fact uh, that I think many of the early adopters, many of the Teslarati, don't want to acknowledge. uh, And that is, Nathan, that EVs are not as good (laughs) or not as convenient. Oh, they're not not as convenient, no. Not as um, um, well-sorted, and in some ways probably not as energy efficient, even though it seems like they would be than regular either internal combustion engine cars or hybrids. And maybe Toyota was right all along uh, in that, you know, they said that it's too early at this point to go into electric vehicles. What we should be doing is having hybrids or plug-in hybrids.
2: Right now, there's a bottom line, which is the reason why everybody's scrambling automakers, that is, to create electric vehicles is because at the end, if you look at their life cycle, they should consume and create less carbon emissions, and create less pollution than the equivalent internal combustion engine car. That's the whole reason this is happening. Um, if it weren't for that, if it weren't for the mandates that have been drawn up both in this country and in Europe, and in China to a lesser extent, too, they're, they're definitely doing a whole different thing with their mandates, then you wouldn't see... the. Ridiculous amount of electric vehicles hitting the market, and it's just going to increase. So there's a reason for this. Now let's so go.
1: To, so are we at a tipping point. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, I think it has. There has to be a tipping point at some point. And the tipping so point would be. Here's a t- the question. This right. is the question that needs to be answered. Yeah. If you build and sell a hybrid vehicle or plug-in hybrid, even now you have a powertrain that it consists of two different uh, forms of motors. Uh, Motivation, which is a gas engine, electric motor, obviously. So it is more complex. It is heavier. However, these things are ridiculously efficient, and they get really good range altogether. And you can run them like an electric car. You can run them like a gas car. So lots of uh, choices there. But is it as efficient or more efficient than an electric vehicle after its life cycle in terms of the amount of carbon it produces? If Toyota can answer yes, yes, it is. Then I think they've won the game and we should be just going, you know, hybrids, hybrid, hybrid. You know, I would agree 100%, but I don't think they can quite answer yes yet. And I think that's the reason why they're being pushed by the government, and that's why they're pushing back. And I could see this fight, and I'm hoping that we get to a point where we're clear on this, because then we can backtrack a little bit and create what I think is the most efficient and the best choice, I know, okay, look, climate change, whatever, you say what you want about it, but the point is, is that all of this is to combat that, and at the end of the day, if it means that an electric vehicle versus a hybrid vehicle is the only choices I have in the future, yeah, I would rather have the hybrid, to be honest with you.
1: Uh, maybe that's where we're at right now. Maybe where we're at, at least in America and not the rest of the world. Obviously, places like uh, Norway uh, have, you know, are way above 50% EV adoption, Oh yeah. Uh, but maybe that's where we're at. So let, let's... Let's do two things in this in this podcast. Uh, let's talk about um, each of the electric vehicles. We will just go down the list and talk about sure. them and see what we think of them. Um, and then let's talk about kind of let's break out kind of what uh, electrification means and why the rest of the industry is following and not leading. So let's start with that. Okay. So when Tesla, you know, came out with the electric car, they I think they did three things and they combined them into kind of what makes a modern electric car. So first, obviously, it's powered by electricity, mm-hmm. right? Secondly, um, they brought in autonomy, right? That was always part of the plan. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, you can summon the car or whether it's full self-driving, whether it's autopilot, it's it's basically autonomy. So uh, the two have now become intertwined, and they don't have to be, but they are. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that they brought in uh, was kind of um, a whole new way of, of looking at the IP or the infotainment in the car, right? Mm -hmm. So they went away from buttons and they went to the screen and it became much more computerized. And to me, uh, those are the three kind of characteristics that Tesla brought in and that now, unfortunately, the mainstream, let's call them legacy companies, are copying, right? So, but, but you don't have to have those three bundled into one. You can have an electric car, like a classic, let's say, where you electrify it, where it still has buttons mm-hmm. and it still has, you know, traditional... Without all of the
2: components to make it autonomous. Exactly. Or without all the, you know, the, the, the... Yeah, I agree 100%. And
1: you can have an electric car um, that uh, doesn't have a screen where everything is controlled through the screen. Yes. Right? But for some reason, um, the, instead of... Uh, coming up with original ideas, the legacy companies have all go down have all gone down that same Tesla route and I think that's created problems. Like, I can give you a specific example. Right now Volkswagen is hugely hamstrung by uh, their IP and the in their electric cars, right? They went away from buttons and they kind of screwed it up. Uh the 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 IP is laggy, uh, the uh it's not intuitive, uh it's hard to navigate. Uh People hate it for the most part because yeah. when they're driving, they can't physically actually hit the thing that they want because there's bumps and such. Uh, and Volkswagen is, you know, suffering tremendously from that. And they can't seem to, like, uh, get beyond that.
2: Actually, they can. I just went out to the Volkswagen Atlas. I was in New York. Yeah, let's built hear And their video out there. And one of the things they've acknowledged, and this takes some big honeys to do, is that they were wrong. They fully acknowledged the fact that they went on their steering wheel. They, had, they went from buttons to these haptic little uh, pads that are all integrated. And it's for price. It's for money. Because it's a lot cheaper than having individual buttons to go full stop. All of our vehicles are going to have these little pads on there. Well, guess what? When you would turn the steering wheel, you would activate your, everything from the radio to you know, navigation and everything else. And they realized that their customers hated it. So they acknowledged In person, we're going back to buttons on our steering wheels because you guys want it. And they hinted that they know that the sliding controls and all the controls on their IP are a problem. And they're looking at that in the future as well. So they may take a step back to win over consumers who are having an issue with their slideies. And so in that particular case, I'm saying that's the right direction to go. Yes, take a step back for everybody so we can all take a step forward. And I do acknowledge Volkswagen for that. Well done.
1: Yeah. Uh, but once again, why did they have to follow Tesla's lead? And I think, I think if, if I were um, sitting at one of the major legacy manufacturers, I wouldn't just copy what Tesla has done. I would rethink uh, the entire electric car and what it could be and com- you know, kind of go down l- the road less traveled as opposed to going down the Tesla road. And mm-hmm. I'll give you a good example of that. Obviously, recently, all the manufacturers have announced, uh, not all of them, but many of them announced that they're switching to the North American charging standard, mm-hmm. which is a Tesla standard, yeah. and moving away from CCS. Uh, and everybody in the electric car community that I know of is like, hallelujah, now we're going to have reliable charging. And I would put it to you, Nathan, that while CCS is not grand, um, the electric standard that they're talking about is not that much better. Yes, it's more reliable, but, you know, when I go get gas from my car and it's raining, I don't get wet. I mean, this, this is not brain surgery, right? I don't, I don't. But when I go, you know, charge up a Tesla or now a Ford, I still have to stand in the rain. And I'm still going to get soaked. And I'm still not going to be able to wash my windshield wiper. And I'm still not going to be able to go inside the gas station. Right. And then use the bathroom or something. And use, or a ba- use, a, use, use the bathroom. Um, you know, I, I remember driving. A, you know, you've done this too, right? Oh, yeah. You've driven across country. And we have sat in the car in some pretty kind of bleak and really desolate and depressing places waiting for a half hour, maybe 45 minutes. You did it in Ionic 5. I did it in our Tesla Model 3 performance. Let's be honest about this. Road tripping an electric car sucks. It there's, does. There's, I, I know you Tesla-radi out there are going to be like, you know what, You know, if for me, I figured out how perfect it is. The, the, the simple fact of the matter is in a gas car, it takes about two and a half, sec- two and a half minutes to fill it up. Right? I, I'll say five. Okay, fine. And fun, you have right? a gas station and you have a restaurant, right? right? And I know some of the Tesla superchargers are near, like, convenient locations.
2: Yeah, there's, there's a Starbucks sometimes nearby and whatever, uh, which but, is great because especially for people who don't drink coffee, that's a
1: great place to but, go. But everybody was like, hallelujah, we've solved the charging problem. I'm like, no, no, no you haven't solved the charging problem. Okay, so,
2: so let's let's cut to the chase here, which is, and we've covered this before. If you want to become competitive with gas stations, you well, have we, to provide we, the think, same...
1: We don't want to cut through the chase too too quickly because we've Just got this another one half part, hour. This
2: one part that you're talking about, though. <laughs> All right. I'm giving it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> another so, half hour to fill. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, <laughs> if you want to be competitive with a gas station, and that's the bottom line here with this one part. If you want to compete with a gas station, you have to perform at least at a level near a gas station. As such... Put up solar panels and use them as a, a secondary charging component for your system to charge the cars. Both Tesla and CCS do that. Just do it. I know it's an expense, but look, people need to park in the shade and they need to get out of the elements. Put in some vending machines for crying out loud and maybe, no, I don't no, know. You, you, need,
1: you need more than that. You need like what they have in Europe where right. you have these giant like roadside charging stations where it's a it's a full-on building where the cables come from the ceiling yeah that's so, really cool they come down from the top, so you can drive if you're towing you can drive in yeah or if you're Chargers in the butt of the car, you can charge it. It doesn't matter it where the charger is located, the, the port. You and can, then you know. inside you put a nice restaurant. Maybe you put some, you know, uh, free Wi-Fi. You have a coffee shop, right? That is the kind of experience that people would be like, okay, now I can road trip my electric car.
2: Yeah, if only property were cheaper to make that happen. Uh, but, the lot, the, we, no, we, but we can't subsidize that in the United States I'm not saying yet.
1: we subsidize it. I'm just saying if, if you're going to compete with the internal combustion engine car, then you're going to have to not just match it, but I think you're going to have to go one step better. Agreed. But in the meantime, in order to actually have
2: a usable solution that first works and then we work our way up to it, put roofs on everything, put panels on top of them, use that. Then from their vending machines, then from their bathrooms, work our way up to making these things. Because if you think about it, the network hasn't been around for that long, right? Uh, it's, It's expanding... And it's going faster. There is extra funding coming in from the federal government to make more stations. But these stations are all in parking lots for the most part. And they're in the middle or in the back of parking lots. You're not even near a store, to be honest with
1: you. So let me, I just got an email from um, Electrify America. Yes, I got it too. And what they're saying are two things. First, they're switching the way they charge. So it used to be that you used to pay $0.46 or $0.47 a kilowatt hour Mm -hmm. wherever you went. Yeah, Um, to charge up your car. Now they're going to a kind of a a more um, Tesla-like fashion, where they're going to bill you based on the time of day, based on local electricity rates. So all of a sudden, and loitering. So all of a sudden, unlike gas, which tends to be give or take, you know, about the same, with um, the new EA pricing structure, it can be anywhere from you know super cheap to super expensive. And let mm-hmm. me put that in gas terms. It could be like pulling up to a gas station and paying a dollar a gallon, or paying twelve dollars a gallon. Depending I don't think it's going
2: to be that extreme, but I but
1: I get what you're saying. It could be. It could be. Uh, it, 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 I, it could be like anywhere from twelve cents a kilowatt hour to fifty cents a kilowatt hour. It,
2: actually, that is possible to a certain degree. Um, what they indicated was it's going to be uh, it, based on what location is where. I think uh, in their case, they're doing this to be a little bit more competitive. And also to give the people who pay into them, the proprietors of these local charging areas, a little bit more flexibility.
1: But now you're going from a system where you know pricing is pretty standardized across the nation to some place where it becomes completely unstandardized. So now you're starting to play a game where the one advantage that electric cars had is that they were always cheaper in terms of operating. Mm-hmm. Now they could be cheaper or they could be equal or they could be expensive to internal combustion engines. And that's that's a that's great for the people who are like into EVs and can play that game. It's not great for my wife.
2: No, and it's not great for people who are actually trying to scrape by and, and try to make an electric car work and find its value in that it can be inexpensive. So one of the another another reason they're doing this is that electricity varies per city, per location, even per household. Sure. Uh, In terms of how much you draw and how much you're producing and what time of day and everything else. And that's the other point that I think that EA is doing with their sites. I don't think it's the right time to do this, personally speaking. But, you know, you can use their app and you can actually find what the pricing is. This is what they said um, once they've moved over to this pricing structure, which I think kicks in at the end of the month.
1: And then then the other thing they announced, which is even more... um problematic I think for electric car adoption is that they're going to start charging idling fees. Yes. I imagine, don't mind that personally. Um, but imagine, no, I, I get that. I don't I'm, I'm not whether you're minded or not is kind of irrelevant to this conversation. Yeah. Because some people are like more power to them because you've got these, you know, Volkswagen ID4s that are sitting there. But let's just take that out of the conversation for a second. Okay. And, and let's compare it to a gas station. Imagine pulling up to a gas station and filling it up, and then you go and get some food or something, and you, you, you sit there for, let's say, 5, 10, 15 minutes, and the gas station charges you more
2: Hallelujah. For,
1: for being parked there. Yes. Charge it, them. No, it's not going yes. it, to people
2: people. It's people so know. annoying when people do that. But they peop- walk away from the pump, I, and they got a line behind them.
1: I, I understand that, but I, I, I think that it's onerous, and it not it doesn't make filling up easier. It makes it harder. Negative. It makes it more expensive. Fooey. Okay, okay, that's that's grand until... I'll give you an example of this. It is. Yes. Okay, I'll give you a perfect example of this, and it happened to me, okay? All right. All right. Um, so uh, I went down to visit my mom at her place on Marco Island, mm-hmm. and they had put in an electric charging, a level two charger. Now, keep in mind, uh, this is a condo complex that is full of uh, retirees. Older folk. Yes, older folk, right? And the way that worked is... Uh, I forget the number, dude, but it was so expensive. So the idling fee... Was something like, um, I did the numbers, and if you if you, if you you let the car sit there for 24 hours, you would have been charged $5,000. Make those old codgers pay. $5,000, Nathan, would have been the idling fee. Mm-hmm. How long is that going to that, work? That's a little much. <laughs> okay. five dollars That certainly will make you not the do buy, it again. The buy, the buy. It was per minute, and if, well, yeah. I, I can do the you math. You can do the math, but while you is do that, okay, that, let me, okay, let me point you, out something math.
2: very important to you. Okay. All right. Now, if you are a regular driver, someone who goes cross-country, or even a family and you're moving cross-country, you, you plug your car in to a gas station and you have to fill up a 20-gallon tank, let's say it's a truck, and you're filling it up, that is enough time for you to probably go inside, relieve yourself, and maybe buy a burrito. But let's say you know you need to be in there for a longer period of time. This is the astonishing thing. You fill up your vehicle... You close the little cap and you park so somebody else has access to that gas pump. Now, look, if it's midnight, nobody's there. Who cares? But in terms of electric charging, there's a big difference where you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gas pumps. You have maybe a dozen electric charging places. And out of that dozen, only a few of those are the ones you actually need for your car. And then out of those, not all of those are going to be working. So if you've got Mod who comes in in his ID4 and plugs it in and says, well, I'm going to hang out inside of Walmart for the next six hours, and you're sitting there waiting because it's the only charger nearby, I want that sucker charged. I want him to pay 100 bucks for making and, me I, sit in the heat and in my car, and, what and if, I what want if, that
1: law. What if you're that? Sucker. What if, I wouldn't do that to somebody. But what if, what if your wife does it or your daughter does then it? Then they have
2: to pay the price. Yeah. It's like, it's like what if they run a red light? They pay okay. the price. Oh, oh,
1: come on, dude. So yes, it's, that's it's, the law. So your daughter comes back to you and she's just been charged 250 bucks for idling in, in a parking spot. I will
2: cross my arms and say, girl, you screwed up.
1: Uh, she'll look at you with those, with those, with no, those doesn't tears. Matter,
2: uh, it doesn't matter. Actually, uh-huh. I've had that before.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, she's. I, I can show you an interesting oh, picture yeah. on my oh, yeah. phone hey. of her going through a oh, red oh, light you'll, and you'll actually be like waving at the camera. Oh, it's all on you. No, you'll yes, be, I will. Oh, you won't. You, you yes, know what you be like if it was your daughter or your wife? Oh, or your wife. Oh, you're, you're gonna say <laughs> so I wouldn't say that because I want I value my life. <laughs>
2: exactly. I would lie and say, oh, those people are so <laughs> I, I, wrong. I, I, what type of draconian thing is this? I, I, that's, a, that's, that, thing. that's what I would say. It's one of
1: those things that it's all well and good when it happens to the other person, but what happens to you Honestly, or your loved ones? It all of a sudden becomes you know hugely a problem. Roman, several times I've gone I, going cross country solo.
2: Yeah. I faced a parking lot where there were people who were not in their vehicles, the cars were already okay. charged, and I would have to sit there and but, wait because okay. I had nowhere else to go. And right. I had to wait, like, a long time for no, them to come back. No, no, I It's not good. Agree. They I, need to be charged. I,
1: Hundreds. I, okay, I, I agree, but, but I'm telling you, that's the death of the electric car because why, oh, why, would, I, why would I put up with that? Bowl when I could just get a gas car and n- never have to worry about it. You're I just, you're just the, adding another another step, another thing that makes it harder for people to get electric cars. So hey, honey, guess what? I'm going to go get a new electric car. And when you go to charge it, if you're a minute late to, getting, to unplugging it, they're going to charge
2: it. There should be a grace period. That I w- I'll give you. Okay.
1: 10-minute f- grace if 10 period. You're 10 fi- minute. If you're five minutes late because- I said 10. If you're 10 minutes late because the, the the store attendant was busy helping other people. Then $100
2: is laid on your ass and you deserve then,
1: it. Then you're going to get charged yeah. 100 bucks. she's The first thing she's going to say to you is, honey, if you want to stay married to me, <laughs> And you know that's true. Come on, you no, know you I know that's gonna you know that's true. All. Then wipe out the hundred out of your own pocket, and the next thing she's going to say is, "Take that electric car and shove it up your." You know what?
2: Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't think that's going to be much of an issue. I really do think that the people take advantage of the idling thing, and it really hurts the rest of the community. I, it's better to have a little threat hanging over, not five thousand dollars overnight. So you like paying parking tickets? I don't like it, well, that's but, what you're but if saying. I de- if
1: I deserve it, then yeah, I pay it, and I I, I deal with it. And you like paying speeding tickets? I don't like penstein. Uh, I, I, I tickets, but I do it if, I, I, if hate, I have to. I hate the stick, Nathan. I, I hate, I hate, I hate the stick in any of its forms. I, I just don't. I, I understand why it has to be there, but I don't think it's going to help electric car adoption. I,
2: I think it'll be just fine until they get to a point where they match the amount of pumps per car. You know what I mean? There, there's got to be a breakaway to where. If well, I pull that's, up, al-
1: that's also problematic because unless you can speed up. Uh, You know, right now, all the manufacturers like to say, hey, it only takes you 30 minutes to go from 20 to 80 percent. Uh, Actually, 20 20 minutes
2: is the average now.
1: But, okay, let's say 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But what they don't say is it takes you 20 minutes to go from 80 to 100 percent. And and what you're assuming there is that everybody out there in an electric car is charging to 80 percent because they're all smart enough to know that it only, you know takes 20 minutes to go to 80%, but not 20 or 30 minutes to go to 100%.
2: Yeah, I actually, I think it's a very simple way to fix that. What is that? Make 80% 100%. <laughs> I Seriously. That, that, there are so, people so, out there are so stupid, they can't so, figure so it what, out. So
1: what you're going to do is you're going to sell an electric car with 20% less range because effectively... They won't they make, need to know that.
2: <laughs> It'll just immediately detune itself to where 80% is but, 100%. But effectively,
1: what you're doing is selling it with less range.
2: No, no, they, they can get more range, but what you call it is extra boost range. You just market it differently. It's all about marketing, Roman. People won't listen and they don't care about tech. They want to get in the car and drive and they want to get it done simply and they don't want to wait at the line and they don't want to have to do anything. They want to plug in and go and sip their coffee, get in the car and go again. So if it goes from magically from 20% to 100% in 20 minutes... Oh, well, I really want to go a little further. I'm going to hit the magic boost button. Oh, another 20 minutes? Well, it's rare that I do this, but I'll wait another 20 minutes. You see, you just have to market it differently to get through to them.
1: Yes, <laughs> I'm right on this, and you know it. Let's continue. Let, the let, let me finish the okay. point, though. That yeah. was just my – so you're saying we need more chargers. Yes. Right? I, I covered chargers just, I at mean, the very I mean, least. I mean, th- yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But the yeah. problem, the problem with that is let's say we need – if we need to, to 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 get to parity with gas stations, mm-hmm. right? I don't. Know, I know that. I think Tesla has nineteen thousand individual chargers, and I want to say that's either around the world or in America. So don't hold me to statewide a, yeah, c- it. Statewide, yeah, it could be nineteen thousand, I mean. right? Yeah, I, I don't right. know how many gas stations there are, but remember when I did the research? It uh, was like a hundred thousand. It was much more. It's, it's like one
2: hundred ninety thousand crazy, it, 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 and it's it, it, there's there's so much more.
1: So 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 to get to parity with gas powered vehicles, right? If it was if you need to get to parity, you would have to have Let's call it, um, it 190,000 individual chargers, mm-hmm. but because the gas station takes like two minutes and this takes like a half hour, mm-hmm. to really get the parity, you'd have to multiply that by five, which is you know, like, like, like taking the, the amount of time it takes to fill up a car and then dividing it into 20. So then you would need something like, I don't know, uh, half a million, a half a million chargers. That ain't going to happen, dude. In our I lifetime. want three quarters of a million, to be But that's that. just not going to happen in our lifetime. No, but here's the good news. Okay.
2: They are finding more efficient ways to power these stations. That's including hydrogen, which I heard a rumor somebody recently sampled, and other forms of charging units,
1: including solar. That you, you know where most hydrogen comes from? My ass. Natural gas. Natural gas. That's, that's where most mean. hydrogen comes from. Yeah. And, you, and you know what you—you you know what happens when you make hydrogen on natural gas? You produce a shit ton of carbon. Yeah, Sorry, um, sorry. Beep that. A uh, 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 boat ton of carbon.
2: No, I, uh, but I'm not disagreeing on that. I'm, ta- but regard. I don't care how you charge the car right now, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm not going into the weeds. Okay. I'm talking about what's needed. So, right now we don't have to worry about parity. and We won't have to worry about parity even at 2030 because, even though we're at six percent now, within the next ten years, right now projection are it, the projections are will be at 20 percent within the next ten to fifteen years. I think. So if we're at twenty percent, that means that we don't need that many chargers compared to gas stations. But there's more. What if a lot of these gas stations were given a little bit of a help, a little bit of a help, little bit of help from local government in order to put a few chargers in the back of their stations because they already have to run so, high voltage to run their pumps. So why not? So, why not do that?
1: So what you're saying is. We need to subsidize these giant oil companies that are making profits that are beyond, you know, the pale for most people. And we got to give them money instead of them taking their own profits and actually, you know, creating or building out an infrastructure. We have to do it for them because the poor oil companies don't have enough money in the bank account. Well, no
2: matter what, we're not going to win against them in that way. It doesn't matter what you say and how horrible they are. And I'm not saying they're money. horrible. I'm just they say- are horrible. They make tons and tons I'm of just money. Saying, they don't pay I'm, any tax. Yeah, they're I'm just, horrible.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying that they should do that on their own. Why yeah. should we subsidize? Because
2: they're not going to do it without any – you need something lucrative
1: for it to happen. And that's – I think you just put your, your finger on it. It's not lucrative, right? Mm. It's, it's not lucrative, which means that it's, it's kind of – we're back to kind of forcing people to drive stuff that they don't want to drive. And I think in Europe, uh, where they're much more, uh, I think, amiable, amiable? – to government regulations than we are, right? Mm. We're a very anti-government country, especially right now at this point in history. We're gonna have a hard time going from like that 6% to that 30% uh, because because of all these things that people are afraid of. And some of them, you know, you can go over. Some but are I want to go over some of these, too. Some, so. some of these are true. Prone to fires, that's that's a complete bugaboo, because I've seen a lot more regular— inter- I mean, you're driving around with gasoline in your car, <laughs> which, which combusts in the engine, if you're lucky, yeah, and I'm st- not if I'm, you're not. Yeah, I'm still liking the part that you, you said bugaboo. Um, <laughs> but so, you know what I mean? It's not- no, no, no,
2: you're absolutely right, though. So uh, if you actually look at the numbers out there, yeah. in terms of how many car fires happen from batteries and how many are, are based with uh, gas-powered vehicles— it, the disparity is massive, and it's it's even per capita. So the bottom line is this. Yes, batteries can indeed create horrible fires, and they're really hard to put out, although we are getting tech now that's making it better and better and easier and easier to put out these fires. But the secondary component of this is the fact that these Battery fires are extremely rare if you look at how many vehicles have been built. So keep that in mind. It's not like you're buying one and it's like, well, oh, honey, I have to park it outside because it might explode and tear down the house. The likeliness of that happening is extremely
1: rare. I I I don't think I've, I don't think I've gone more than a quarter without seeing some like old Cavalier burning down by the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. You know that's right. No 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 you're 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 right. Or, or
2: I've seen a lot of pickup trucks recently uh, that have had engine fires in the region. So, They're just being strange. So so, so
1: let's let's call that one. Let's give that one uh, the bug the Roman I'll bugaboo. Give the <laughs> wah, wah. Let's give another Roman bugaboo one, and that is still glorified golf carts and not performance machines. Have you uh, heard of the plaid? Have you guys heard zero to sixty in under two seconds potentially? Under two seconds? There's no there's no internal combustion engine car that comes even close unless you're talking about a dragster. Yeah, um, I
2: will go a step further. If you go around a racetrack. With certain electric cars, Teslas, some of them can handle it, and then they they derate themselves. But there, Porsche and certain other automakers, and recently, Tommy got the chance to cover a little bit of the Ionic Five N, which is going to be stupid fun and they're actually making a shift <laughs> yeah which is good since it's a uh, yeah um we'll, we'll go you can watch the video with tommy and he'll tell you all about it and why he actually interviewed one of the guys about it um but the point is is that they are really capable and they're really fast and now now finally they're able to handle which is something i've always argued again because they haven't had a good handling one so to speak now they're getting there and so glorified golf cart yeah, maybe the cheaper ones, you could say that, like the least expensive ones or an early Nissan Leaf. But these new ones, no, not at all. I disagree with that.
1: No, I would go farther. I would say there's probably more tech in a, a modern electric car than there is in an internal combustion engine car because it allows you to do so much more, right? Because you have oftentimes multiple uh, multiple um, drive trains, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that means that you can allocate power to different wheels, allocate it in different ways. Yeah. You, you can do a lot more with the electronics and then the um, software, like the one that you just said, Tommy went to look at the Ionic 5N, um, 5 5 N. right? And you could put it in drift mode. Mm-hmm. You could can, can have all four wheels drift. You could have two of the rear wheels drift, right? You can, you can allocate power in any way you want without all the mechanisms of having to go through differentials uh, and it allows you to do a lot more. So I, I think, uh, in terms of kind of its capability, things like tank turns, right, which no internal combustion engine vehicle can do. I, I don't think, at least, not one that's for sale. N- not, not, re- not, not unless it's the U.S. government. Right, because because the motors are just, you know, they can run forward, they can run backward, they can regenerate power, they mm-hmm. can just do a lot more than an internal combustion engine, and probably more importantly, a motor. Is much more reliable in the long run because it doesn't have any moving parts. Yeah, well, just a- unlike a it in very few. an internal combustion engine. Yeah, which has you know hundreds. Yeah, in, yeah. In so, some cases. so I think that's a bugaboo too. We're gonna give yeah. that, we're gonna give that a bugaboo. I think um, the other one that's next on this list is politics and mandates. What, I, what's is that yeah. a bugaboo or is that real? No, that's real. That's okay. real.
2: And it, it's it's a funny thing though. It's it's such a fun, it's weighted in such a weird way. So you have a lot of people who are out there saying. Electric cars are evil because uh, they're tree huggers. But then you have a lot of super, super right-wing people who own Teslas uh, or Mercedes, EQBs and whatnot. It's it's really funny because it's just not a balanced thing. Um, and then there's the other part of it, which is big oil pays a lot of money uh, to politicians and to governments and whatnot in order to maintain their status and say – I want you to say that electric vehicles are really horrible and, you know, try to, you know, make these things happen. Then the other side of it is you have other people coming in and throwing money out there saying, I want you to say electric vehicles are really, really good. And it's creating this whole political stream that's missing the point. And I don't want to go into the politics of it because there really is a right and a left wing thing on it. And I don't care about that. What I care about is the car itself. And what few people are looking at is what, The hardships are for people who don't have the money to really afford a nice electric car, especially if they live in a crappy neighborhood or an apartment complex that was built in the 80s or the 70s, where it doesn't have facilities for you to charge up. You can't use it like your house To charge your vehicle. I have the luxury of charging a vehicle. I've got solar, bro. So I can plug my vehicle in, take very little money to make it happen and go all day long, come back, use my house as a gas station. Basically, a lot of people don't have that ability to do it. So I think it's more of a social issue and that has to be addressed as well. And so this whole thing about politics, I do think is very real, um, but I think it moves to another level because it's also a social issue.
1: Yeah, there are definitely um, social equality issues, but God, I don't want to go into that. Yeah, well, that would be a whole broadcast in yeah, itself. But, but the politics of it are uh, interesting, and that is uh, somehow it's become a litmus test of whether you're you know, conservative or democratic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you believe in global warming or you don't believe in global warming. So it's like you wear um, that value on your sleeve when you're driving an electric car. And to me, that's always been a huge uh, bugaboo because I'd rather have the vehicle be judged on the merits versus Yeah, I'd rather drive the car I want to drive because I enjoy it. So 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 I'm really tired of of like you talk to somebody and the first thing they tell you is, you know, it's much better for the environment when it probably isn't because most of our power comes, like I said before, Mm. not from (laughs) renewables, but from burning coal.
2: Well, actually, it's a natural gas in some states. is Same problem. But it doesn't pollute nearly as much as coal. Uh, but that's a whole but other practice. It's, it's, it's not a renewable. It's still it's you, not, it, yeah. You're just blowing it. So, so, you're not. So,
1: so, so it's you know. And then of course it takes more carbon, more energy to build an electric car. So the point of parity comes later on. Later on. So that, you know these are all things that that people seem not to. Or the other argument I hear is well, you know, it's using a lot of rare earth minerals and we're going to have to, you know... Children are slaving in the, in the middle of it, yeah. yeah. And, and you guess know what? what? they're doing that for oil too. And, and for me, yeah. Like, like remember Exxon Valdez? That wasn't exactly a, yeah. an environmental paradise. There are a lot paradise. Of <laughs> little aquatic creatures out there that are like, to hell with Exxon, bro. Look, it, so, so, there's so, two sides to everything. So, so that's why I don't like those arguments because yeah. because you can choose and pick one to support whatever your political view is. The arguments I do like... Uh, which we kind of touched upon with the EA announcements, is, you know, is it cheaper to run an electric car? And if you charge it at home, if you have that ability, yeah, it is charger.
2: Yeah, I was paying pennies to charge up my kid's car. For three years, I paid very little. And even when I wasn't living in a solar home, uh, just figuring out the target times to charge the vehicle, and I was charging it mostly on 110, just for an around-town vehicle. I have the luxury of doing that and spending very little. And maintenance Pretty much nothing other than replacing the tires because she destroyed them and adding washer fluid other than that nothing else had to be paid basically in three good, years
1: good point is it is it cheaper to maintain hell yeah hell if you, yeah it if is. you hate going to the dealership get yourself an electric car
2: yeah especially especially for and this is the part that would really make it work if they could have high schools with chargers put panels on the roof, have these chargers there so kids can come up, plug their car in, and then use the high school if they don't have the ability to use their home as a charging place. Suddenly, they'll have a vehicle they can drive around and do their pizza deal or whatever job they have after school or be able to do their thing. Used electric cars are really inexpensive right now. And if you think about what they can do, more importantly, what they won't cost you, there's so much potential there but there needs to be more for people to use as re- in terms of resources.
1: And then then the other one I think that, that is a good argument is can you use your house as a gas station? Hell yeah. uh, we've talked about that too. There are people who can't obviously, but yes. if you can You know, the thought of never having to go to a gas station again. And I'll give you an example of that. So yesterday, I had to go get a colonoscopy Nathan. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. Because I'm reaching that. This is your second one, though. I'm reaching that milestone again. I've had one. It sucked. Uh, And we decided, my wife, I was like, hey, let's take your car, which is, she's got an X5 BMW and... And she's like, why don't we take the Tesla because we have our long-term Tesla? Mm-hmm. And I said, um, okay, but, you know, she has to drive because I can't drive because they put you under Ford. Mm-hmm. And she said, we should take it because at the hospital where I go to, to get this, there's electric car parking. Far out. And it's at the front <laughs> as opposed to in the back.
2: Because doctors work there and doctors own electric cars.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but here's, here's, here, here's the interesting thing, right? Okay. So we get in the car and it has 61% uh, of the battery. Mm-hmm. And she looks at it and she goes, we can't take the Tesla. I'm like why not and she said well because we won't make it back home and the hospital is in Denver so keep in mind it's probably what is that 40 miles maybe uh, uh, that's it's yeah. uh,
2: 37 miles to Anschutz right that's where right I went
1: yeah so 40 miles so it's 80 miles there and back mm-hmm. and in her mind 61% of the battery was not enough to go uh, to basically downtown Denver and back mm. and and I think this is not a bugaboo, but this is a real thing and and Somehow it's gotten lost because people say you shouldn't have range anxiety because, you know, initially, of course, the first compliance cars had maybe 100 miles. Yeah. And that was, you know, the manufacturers try to sell you, and this is not Tesla. Tesla's always known this. The manufacturers try to sell you on this idea that, hey, the average person only drives 50 miles a day or whatever it was, so you don't need more than 60. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. didn't work. Yep. You know, we've had a whole bunch of uh, compliance cars. Remember, we've had the, the, the little smart electric car. Yeah, we, we had, had the,
2: the, the Volt the, the, we had no, the, the um, Spark.
1: The Spark, The yeah, Spark, yeah. Spark EV. Um, none of them really worked for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, it just wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. And, and then what happened was electric cars got to a point of having 200 or 250 miles of range. Now we're talking. And, and I think the, 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 the conventional wisdom is that that's enough. Mm-hmm. But I would argue, after my experience with my wife, that that is not enough. She, she felt that 61% of the battery uh, was not enough to go to Denver and back. I just think that people, because they know that, like, then the question becomes, where do I charge, right? And even though it's a Tesla, she's worried about it because on every corner there's a gas station, but if you have to use a supercharger, you don't know where it's at. Mm -hmm. Yes, the car will tell you where it's at if you know how to use that, but if you're new to the thing, you don't know where it's at. So I would argue and I would say that an electric car in order to reach parity with a gas-powered car has to have at least 500 miles of range, especially in the winter. Mm,
2: I don't think 500 is going to be doable for people who are in middle class because right now the yeah, only car good. that comes close to that is a fair uh the, the what was it called you, you drove one in a parking lot
1: yeah i did drive one in the parking lot yeah the, uh, um, oh god we're both getting i was wrong. about to say faraday but no then that's, that, that's a faraday uh, uh L- not the really Luch, Luch, Lucid. Lucid, Lucid, Lucid. Yeah, thank you, Lucid. Sorry,
2: they don't give us cars, so I can't remember their name. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> they, don't, don't, give, us they cars. don't give us cars. Sorry, I want a car. They give other I, people cars. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't even don't. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Lucid is the only one if you get a certain model that will go. That's hundred
1: sixty thousand?
2: Yeah, <laughs> which is a little above the, the you know. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is that um, I, I think three hundred miles. Is more than fair, and most people would find that to be like, but a reliable 300 miles. I
1: think that 300 miles logically is enough, mm-hmm. but people aren't logical. So before uh, people actually get over range anxiety, it has to be like 500 miles. Well, they need,
2: need no, it's got to be 300 miles, but it also has to be faster charging. So that's the other problem is that if you're charging at 50, like the Bolt.
1: Yeah, 50 kilowatts.
2: No bueno. That's too slow. It has to be like 150 minimum or going up to, you know, going to an 800 kilowatt hour or kilowatt uh, architecture. Uh, you know, 800 volts. I mean, like kilowatt. Anyway, the point is, is that faster, more and more speed. So you can plug it in, get it juiced quicker, so, get so, out there. So
1: I listened to our friends, Tom, uh, over at uh, um, the EV podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I can't think of the name of the podcast now. Glass What's, Spider. What? No. Bowie Love these. No, no, no. I'll I thought they up. loved David Bowie. are no, they British? No, no, no. They're oh, not they British. Like they not British
2: ones? Oh, they don't like David no. Bowie? Then?
1: Why don't they like David Bowie? No, I don't know. why. I, hold on. Library. they got issues. Uh, I, I want to be uh, Inside okay. EVs. I should know. So I listened to our friends over there at Inside EVs. They yeah. had me on once as a guest, so I listened to them. Uh, and they get into these really inside baseball charging curves, right? Mm -hmm. So electric cars have these charging curves. So like a Tesla Model 3 um, is supposed to charge at 250 kilowatts, Mm -hmm. and what's supposed to happen is you plug it in at 250 kilowatts, uh, you would charge it up from zero to like 80 in like five minutes. But what ends up happening with an electric car is that it doesn't hold that number. In other words, the size of the Inlet that the gas is going into shrinks as time goes by.
2: He, gas, he's just using as an analogy.
1: Pump, yeah, yeah, as an analogy. So let's say you're pumping, I don't know, you know, whatever it is, five gallons a minute. By the end of it, you're pumping like half a gallon a minute. Right. I'm using this analogy.
2: It, it condenses, it goes down. And part of that is heat management. And, and there's certain issues with, you know, shoving too much electricity into a
1: anything. So the charging curve is just how long it can sustain its max amount of charge before it starts to decrease. And then, of course, after that 80%, it decreases so substantially that it takes forever. And I also think that's a problem because, um, for instance, Teslas do charge at 250, but when I was cross-country tripping, I never saw it hold that longer than maybe a couple of minutes, mm. maybe a couple of minutes. Uh, and so um, it becomes very... Um, frustrating when you're used to having a car that you can fill up like that and now you're sitting there watching the amount of energy go into it start up very high and then over time go down and down 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 and and what i brought that up is because inside evs like tom over there does these charging curves where they get really into the weeds with it you know trying to figure out which car can hold its charging curve the longest and you know how how flat is that curve? Because the flatter the curve, right, the the, the quicker the electricity goes in. And, and honestly, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking to myself, my wife doesn't give a rat's ass about this. Yes, she, she, this she, is the problem. This is the problem, isn't it? This yeah. is exactly the problem. It's,
2: it's right now still a tech issue that most consumers just don't care about. Yeah. A consumer wants to plug and go. Yeah. They don't want to worry about – they also don't want to worry about the fact that many chargers derate themselves – when you go public, and some of them are like, no, oh, no, 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 you're only getting X amount. You're not well, getting the full tilt. So,
1: so what Tesla does is they share chargers, right? Yeah. So uh, they allow you to get that, um, now I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit, but they allow you to get that 250 because they're drawing powers from other chargers. Mm-hmm. So on some of the older charging stations, let's say it's got a maximum rating of 250, and then two cars pull into it, yeah. into two into two that are connected to each other, basically they get half the power. So now all of a sudden having 250 becomes half for each car. But yeah. th- once again, it's it's a lot of stuff that my wife and I think most people don't care about. This is stuff that's happening in the background, and they don't care about it. And and the issue comes, you know, right now we said in this in the story, right, that um, EVs account for six and a half percent, and that six and a half percent is I think a lot of. Kind of like um, fanboys or uh, or uh, people who are really into the tech, right? Who are really kind of nerdy. Many
2: of them are, but you'd be surprised. My brothers are idiots. They have no idea what they're doing with their electric car. Which, by the way, they got iced recently. I'll tell you about that. Yeah, in a tell second. me about that. What just tell um, me. Okay. Yeah. So uh, my brothers, they live in San Francisco, or actually the East Bay uh, near Richmond. It's like north of Berkeley, and they have an Nissan Leaf went up and parked or tried to park over at a store that had charging and there were only three chargers available two of them were being used and there was a large pickup truck that was parked there now here's the irony of the whole thing there were plenty of parking spots open all over the place uh maybe half of them were taken this was done on purpose it's called icing essentially internal combustion vehicles go into these parking spots that are reserved for electric cars now i can understand being a little bitter if where do they live uh in in richmond which is just north of berkeley okay and they went shopping a little north of that and the shopping sorry maybe you told me that yeah yeah, that's right i was
1: looking at this list no no fair enough anyway
2: so um My point is, is I I get it, people can be a little bitter, but there was no reason for this. The guy was just being a jerk. But here's the best part. That guy got towed, and it was a very expensive tow. Uh, That car went into impound, minimum price to get that vehicle out, $500, and then he got uh, a citation on top of it. So I do not recommend icing anymore, folks. If you see electric, you know... (sighs) It's up to you. If you want to get a ticket, fine. Just go and do it. But it's kind of a cruel thing to do. I don't understand the point. They drive a Nissan LEAF. They don't have that much dough. And they don't care. And this goes back to the whole topic about being fanboys. All they want to do is, because gas in California is over 5 bucks a gallon for the cheap stuff, good luck with getting even an economy car to run economically over the course of a year. So in their case, they charge at home. Drive the vehicle occasionally, charge at these places when they're not being iced, and they don't care about anything in terms of tech. Trust me, these they're musicians. All they care about is plugging the car in and hearing the stereo and listening to really bad, you know, crappy. Jazz. Anyway, the point is, is that that's what they like, and there's a lot of people out there like that. So yes, there's fanboys out there. Yes, there's techie people out there, but there's also people who are like, this is a simple conveyance that is so easy to use. I plug it in at home, drive back and forth to work, plug it in at home. I worry about nothing else. And there are a lot of people out there who are liking EVs because it's exactly what they do. Oh, and one final point: there's also a lot of people out there who are pretty happy that big oil is not getting them, you know money.
1: So that's another part of it as well. Well, that's a political thing, though. So I think if you're going to get to a higher EV adoption, all the stuff that, that like, you know, Inside EVs talks about, like, for instance, the fact that you have to precondition your car to get the highest charging rate, Mm. right, all that stuff has to be um, on parity with gas.
2: It has to be automatic and
1: seamless. And it isn't right now. No, it's not. it, It just isn't. Um, and if you take kind of a you know a big picture approach to it, um, they're going to have a hard time going to parity because let's face it, let's let's talk about like what the other thing that's happening. If you go to a dealership, they can barely most dealership explain how like your typical <laughs> Rav Four works. Mm. I can't see a dealer actually going into any of this detail, and it just seems to be a recipe for people being disappointed. And being um, uh, disappointed and disillusioned disillusioned yes. with, the, with their electric car experience because, because what you really need is a knowledgeable person who will explain all this to you and say, "Hey, it's not the same you know the, the natural instinct of the dealership is like, "Hey, you want electric it 's so much more convenient. you never have to go to the gas station, but then you know the rest of it they'll never talk about it."
2: Interesting that you mentioned that. So we have a friend. Uh, he's, he's called Honda Pro Jason. And he's one of those guys that goes to Honda dealerships and actually trains the dealers on all the aspects of the vehicle. Sure. Uh, it's including hybrids and whatnot. I think Tom
1: does that at Inside EVs too. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and there's a couple other guys out there who do that as yeah. well. And they're very good at what they do. However... And I'm sure they'll point out, not all guys are going to retain all that information. And they'll look at their notes occasionally, but they're really not going to walk you through every step of it. Because honestly, they're only making money if they're selling cars. And the more cars they sell in a day, the happier they are. They don't want to sit there for eight hours training you how to use a car. However, if you go back all the way to the 70s, my dad bought a Lincoln Town car, actually 1981 or 2. And it came with a cassette. You plug in the cassette, and it took you, first of all, it had really good music on it, but it also took you step-by-step through all the components that you had in the vehicle and how to use them. And it was actually like, back then, it was like, oh, this is cool. Then, and I'm sure you remember this, some cars came with VHS. And you pop that in, that's a videotape. Uh, You pop that in, and you would watch, and it would tell you step-by-step all the neat little features about your car, like into the weeds. Then, DVDs, same thing progressively, more and more people are able to go and research this stuff, even online on YouTube. You can find a step-by-step thing on how to use your car. Here's the problem. Dealers are not using that information to feed to the customers who are coming in to look at these cars. And more importantly than that, there's another issue that you guys may not know. What's that? You, rental car dealer or rent- <laughs> <laughs> rental car places, are bringing in Teslas left and right, and some other electric cars, but a lot of Teslas. And you can go in and rent yourself a Tesla, which is awesome. But if you don't know how to use a Tesla, just the basics, and they rarely tell you at these rental car places, my sister-in-law in in New York had one, sat in there, did not know how to get the thing to even move. Didn't know. So there needs to be some form of simple access to these vehicles when you sit in it and saying, are you a first-time user? Yes. Ah, here's how you drive the car. Da-da-da. Why not have that as part of the IP or something? I don't know. Put it in there. That's needed. The the cars are too complex for a lot of regular consumers, and they need to be stupefied. In order to make local people like me, who I have a very small frontal lobe, I just have a hard time understanding things like this, make it simple. I turn a key or I push a button. I drive. When I'm done driving, I plug it in. It zoops up, and it's ready to go again. Keep it simple, folks. Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: done. All right, well, let's 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 end on that. Um, we promised to go over all of the other, you know, electric cars. I don't think we're going to have time. Oh, no, no. No. We no can, but, we can, but I mean we can, yeah. we, can, we can save that for another podcast.
2: We can because there's a lot of them now. I mean, a lot of people have recently produced new ones. In fact, Roman, I'm going to the Volvo uh, was it XC30? 40? Or no, EX. EX 40? 30. 30? 30, 30. 30, the okay. little one. The little guy, they like, yeah. like the electric guy, yeah. And I'm going to that very soon. Good. And that's their affordable little electric car, and it's going to be a game changer, so they say. So that's coming up. So what, what I'm saying is that there's more and more electric cars hitting the scene. So I think what we'll do is a recap on all the new vehicles coming out for 24 on one of these podcasts. Uh, let us know if you want to see that, and also let us know what your comments are about whether or not you hate electric vehicles and why?
1: And I want to thank you guys for actually commenting in last week's video where we talked about, you know, if you like us rambling, or if you are us staying on topic. So, for the most part, most people enjoyed us rambling. There were people who didn't enjoy yeah, it. Yeah,
2: but this time, those folks got to get it through their head. We were on topic, yo. William, <laughs> there was think no, about r- that.
1: There was no rambling here. All right, guys, thanks for watching. If you want to see all the latest stuff, go to altfl.com. And as always, we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Ciao. What's so special
0: about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb
2: baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
0: When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster.